Hello and welcome to the Segunda, the Segunda file. I can't even pronounce the name of my show properly. How amazing. Uh, hello and welcome to the Segunda file. Uh, today we'll be talking about all the games that have happened uh, in this week's, basically in this Ornada. Uh, not a lot of news outside the games really. Uh, was expecting a lot of, uh, well, things to happen, so, you know, something out on, on, on the board level of clubs or uh, you know, maybe a fight between another, between two players, but this uh, or another compared to last one was actually pretty uh, calm, if that is the right word for it. Uh, compared it to last week, where there were five red cards in the ten games, uh, this time it was only two. So I think it's safe to say we're getting a bit better. <laughs> uh, but just to quickly pre- preview the games, there were a few shocks. Uh, Huesca winning two one against Royce Deportivo. Uh, I write a column about Royce but Deportivo and how they're killing the league and then they lose the next game. How typical. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Royce Deportivo were 1-0 up and three minutes just changed everything. Um, Melly got a, May got a red card. I think it was a second yellow. And then uh, Samuel says, the former Atletico player, so I'm going to talk about this a bit, uh, scored the penalty and then set up the next goal uh, which so Huesca won two one against Royce. I think it was uh, scored by Melero. Yes, it it was. But yeah, I want to talk about Samuel Says because this is someone who got relegated with Atletico B, then moved I think to Huesca. Uh, was it in two thousand fifteen, two thousand fourteen? Uh, let me check that. But he's twenty five years old. He's been in the B team of so many different clubs and. Uh, it's, you know, the way he played was absolutely amazing. Firstly, what a confident penalty. The right, you know, top right corner. It was, it could not have been more confident. Uh, and the second goal was such great trickery down the right wing. Beat his, beat, I think it was three players he had to beat. Beat all of them. And then uh, set up the goal. Uh, but yeah, he has played for Real Madrid's B team, Sevilla's B team, Jitav's B team, Almeria's B team. And now... Uh, and then he played for Atletico's B team, got relegated, and then moved to Huesca in the second division in 2015. And he's, uh, I think it's safe to say he's finding his form back. And hopefully uh, he will continue to, you know, inspire Huesca because they are doing really well. Uh, they're fifth in the table now, which is no mean feat. Maybe the next column might be about them. <laughs> and then they lose the next game. <laughs> like, how typical is that? Uh, the Zaragoza winning 2-1 against Almeria. No shocks there. Uh, Almeria were very, very poor. And they look for... Uh, it's going to be a long, hard season for them. It's going to be a relegation battle. No doubt about it. Tenerife winning 3-2 against Rayo. We'll, I will talk about this more on the Red and Bull podcast. But basically, Tenerife were pretty much uh, deserving of their win. Rayo have been shocking away from home. The worst away form. Now that... All the teams have played six home games and six away games because sometimes there's a, there's a discrepancy. Uh, it's you now it's it's easy to compare where the teams are in terms of home form and away form. You can safely say that one team has a better home form or a worse home form than another team. So Rio have the worst away form for any team in the Segunda. One point from six games. Uh, there, I think it reads like loss, 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 draw, loss, loss. It's yeah, not exactly inspiring confidence. Uh, Cordoba won all against Valladolid. Uh, really not much to say there. 
except for it was a pretty. It it it, it was it, it it was I think a bit unfair to Valladolid. I think they deserved the win, but, uh, you know it is what it is. I, I guess I guess I, what I'm trying to get to is it both the goals came it was a one all draw both the goals came from goalkeeping errors uh, from errors where the I think the goalkeeper overcommitted uh, to a set piece which is just and and it's not even the first game this has happened in this or another or in the segunda this 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 thing about goalkeepers overcommitting is uh, maybe a discussion for another day but uh, it, it is it is something that happened. In uh, this or another, especially in in games where I think, uh, I guess what I'm trying to get to is that this the, the there's kind of a balance between risk taking and then just being outright uh, stupid, and the balance between them is kind of I think it's blurring uh, as every game goes by. But I'll get to that in a minute, especially with the other games because it was more blatant in the other games uh, about Valladolid. Uh, Raul de Tomas of Real Madrid uh, was playing for Valladolid. He was absolutely fantastic. And uh, you can see the quality that he's definitely not a Segunda player. He's more than that. He is La Liga caliber. Is he Real Madrid caliber? That's a different topic. That's a different debate. But he's definitely La Liga caliber. And uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see how... Um, if he If he's able to make it into the first team for Real Madrid next season. But he was superb against Valladolid, nearly getting the second goal for them as well. A fantastic long shot. I think it was saved by the keeper. So that's it from them. Then Sevilla, the B team winning 2-0 against Elche. Elche? It's hard to pronounce that name, but, you know, he he scored two goals uh, on October 8th, if I'm not wrong. Then he scored this absolute screamer, like this Marco Van Basten-like goal, which I was absolutely amazed with last week. And then he goes ahead and scores this free kick from an absolutely impossible angle this week to secure the three points. It was the second goal in the 56th minute. Watch out for Ivan Lopez. Just watch out for him because this guy could be big. And I don't want to kind of hype it up and then, you know, because, you know, you... Careers, it's a very nuanced thing. Circumstances and luck uh, go into it. And sometimes a career doesn't work out at a big club because of something really, really sig- you know, insignificant. But he, like he does ooze so much quality. And in the Segunda as well. This is not... He's in a B, it's in the B team, yeah, but sure. But it's in the Segunda. And he is... You know, when Sevilla B are second in the table now... Uh, it does. It does inspire con- confidence for Sevilla's uh, Sevilla fans in terms of the younger generation that there is quality in this B team that will that can carry forward. Whether it'll actually work out, you know, I don't want to predict anything, but this B team is doing really, really well. Girona winning three 0 against the Mancia. Spoiler alert! Wow, my pronunciation is not on point today. Spoiler alert! This week's blog is about Girona, and. Uh, a bit of interesting facts about their manager, who is actually a former Numancia player and coach, and has never played for any other team. So, uh, a bit of interesting stuff there. Do check it out. Um, about that, actually, if you type in bit.ly slash segundafal, followed by a number, let's say one, two, or three, you will find the the order of the blogs that I've 
written so far. So I like you know bit dot ly slash segundafile one will take you to the first segundafile blog, similar for segundafile two, and then of course this one will be segundafile three. So you don't have to like remember you know go to nineteenstrange.com and then check out where it needs to be. If you just type bit dot ly slash segundafile, no you know no spaces, no uh, all, all small letters followed by the number. So for this week it'll be three. You can see the blog post for this week. Uh, and I'll talk more about blogs in the, at the end of the podcast. Uh, apart from that, yes, Lugo against Cadiz. Cadiz. I have to I have to get up to date on my pronunciations on Spanish and stuff. But Lugo uh, losing 0-1 against Cadiz. Another surprise because Lugo were doing very well and Cadiz were in the relegation zone. And, you know, for all the trouble that Cadiz are having... Uh, it was sorry, I'm losing my breath here, but it was really nice to see them uh, do uh, you know really well in terms of uh, outbossing Lugo of all teams because you know Lugo are a team that kind of plays on the front foot, they attack well, but Cardiff were really really good. Maybe you know some would say it's an evenly matched game and it shouldn't have been a one 0 win, but I think given the quality of uh, the goal and given the quality of Cardiff in this match. I think that uh, it it shouldn't even have been a contest, uh, even though like Lugo had more shots and they had like seventy three percent possession, but the fact that Cardiff took their chances, the fact that they were really good with the ball when they had it, uh, I think that says a lot. Now, interesting fact: this this goal was scored by uh, Garcia. I'm, I'm finding I think it's Alex Garcia. But the fact, the person who assisted it, sorry, Alvaro Garcia, sorry on that. But the person who assisted it is kind of interesting. So his name is Daniel Guiza. Now, if you are a Mallorca fan, you know him very well. He was the top scorer in La Liga for 2007-2008 season. He was the PG, he was the PGG. Uh, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but he was the top goal scorer in La Liga. He's represented the national team. He's 36 years old. Now, Caldiz fans have had a. He, they have a love-hate relationship with him, yeah? So he's, he's a... He, the problem is, he's a, he's a Zerez uh, youth graduate. Now, Cadiz, Zerez have a humongous rivalry uh, because of the politics, because of uh, the, the location of the two teams. Uh, in uh, I think the, both teams are located on either side of uh, Jerez, uh, which is, I think, in the... Uh, which is in Andalusia, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, it's in Andalusia. And because of the huge rivalry, Cadiz fans are angry that they signed someone who is a Jerez player through and through, even though he was born on the Cadiz side. So he was he was, he was was uh, born in Cadiz, but because he's a Jerez graduate through and through, Cadiz fans don't really exactly like him. I don't think they especially like him because when he was playing with Jerez, he said that he would never play for, you guessed it, Cardiz. So he never. <laughs> so the fact that he joined Cardiz in 2015 was a it was a big thing, uh, and you know it was it was a source of humongous anger from Cardiz fans. But he has been really really good last season, you know, guiding them to promotion, and this season he's been really good as well, and uh, you know tip. Form is temporary. He's he went to Fenerbahce, was okay. Went to Getafe uh, in like 2011. After I'm I'm talking after the Mallorca uh, season where he did really well. 
uh, in 2008 went to Fenerbahce, was okay, good, but like average good. Then went to Chetaf, he was, uh, he didn't play really well. Went to uh, Paraguay of all teams in, uh, I think, Cerro Porteño. Uh, Again, okay, released like mid, I think, March 2015. But, uh, you know, even at the age of 36, he's showing that uh, he can, uh, you know, he has the experience, he has the vision, and he still has those attributes that made him such a deadly striker. He has 21 caps for Spain, so it's nothing small. Again, running out of breath here. But uh, I don't want to ramble too much about him, but the fact that he assisted the goal was kind of, was kind of a nice thing. Uh, it's it's like he it's nice to see him do well in the Segunda after, uh, you know, being to Turkey and then he, I think at some point he was also in uh, Malaysia for some like for a season, so you know he's traveled a bit after that amazing Mallorca season, uh, in two thousand seven two thousand eight, so it's nice to see him do well in the Segunda, uh, it's, it's a bit of a feel good story. Uh, getting back to the fixtures, Yuka Murcia. Uh, losing 0-1 to Real Oviedo away from home. Sorry, at home. Losing at home. Not really a surprise. Uh, Oviedo have become known now for kind of scraping these 1-0, 2-0 wins. Uh, it is working, to be fair. They are now fourth in the table. Uh, so, you know, good, good for them, I guess. Now, uh, I'll quickly talk about, uh, you know, Gymnastic de Tarragona because it's it's it's... <laughs> it's so sad that the, these guys were so close to getting their first win of the season. It was 2-1, and then in the 87th minute, it it could not have been worse. In the 87th minute, Yamas uh, scores, and uh, just like that, you know, it's it's another it's another two points drop for uh, Gymnastic, and that leaves them with seven points from 12 games. Still without a win. And this could be a long, hard season for them. Which is kind of surprising given that last year they were they were pretty much set for promotion on the last day. And then, you know, missed out on that and then had to go through the promotion playoffs and lost that. But my uh it it, it is quite it's quite funny given that I it's not actually funny, it's quite sad that they they they're fighting for the win. They I think they Totally deserved it. They were a much better team on the day, but uh, they 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 drew two all, and that's how it that that's how it ended. So still searching for their first win. I think next week they play Mirandes. We're not inspiring confidence themselves, and that actually leads me on to Mirandes. They lost one uh, 0 to Alcorcon. I still need to figure out how they pronounce it, how you pronounce it. Running out of breath here. It's becoming quite a pattern. Uh, Alcorcon at home winning one against Mirandes. I think Mirandes were a bit unlucky. I think it should have been like one all or a two all draw, but they didn't take their chances. So you know, fair play. Uh, they they lose us away away from home, and I think that leaves them fourteenth in the table. So not too much trouble, but uh, not exactly inspiring confidence either. So la- next 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 week's game. Good lord. Next week's game of Mirandas versus uh, Gymnastic will be interesting. Uh, but yeah, finally, uh, Levante versus uh, Getafe. Uh, I honestly thought Levante were at home. They have been. They haven't been like the best at home, but they are still like seven points away, like six points away from their nearest, like from their rivals last week, after last week. And I didn't expect that 
Shadaf would even have a chance. Turns out, Shadaf away from home might be the biggest, might be the biggest surprise of the Segunda. They absolutely outplayed them. I think Shadaf were so so unlucky to not get a win in that game. I think they were unlucky not to get a uh, win in the last time. Like you know, last time they played away from home. I'm trying to figure out who they were playing. Uh, as soon as I can remember, I will let you know. Who was the thing they were playing? Lugo. No. Who was it? Okay, I've um. Oh, they won. Oh yeah, they won their uh game against Lugo away from home. Fair enough. Uh, but. I think they really deserved the win. I think Levante were extremely lucky to get the point. Uh, actually, about that, uh, the, both the goals actually came from set pieces and both the goals came from goalkeepers over committing. So no surprises there. Uh, Levante's goal was... Uh, I think... <laughs> I think the, time, the thing I'm trying to get to is Levante's goal was uh, totally deserved in the sense that it was a very bad error. But uh, I think it, it was really unlucky for Shadaf not to win, especially given Mehdi Lassen's goal. Uh, it was in the ninth minute and he, it was after the goalkeeper overcommitted. Uh, and I know this is like, you know, this podcast isn't structured very well, but uh, basically what happened was Mehdi Lassen was on the, uh, on the left, left wing I think the goalkeeper was not in goal he curved it around a defender and then somehow away from the goal but still hitting like the the side the right side heading of the goal so that it, uh, you know it was of course it was a goal but it was definitely a fantastic goal even though there was no goalkeeper there was it luck I can't say but I think based on the performance I think based on uh, the number of shots and the the domination that Jitaf, uh, I think, did is the wrong word, but the the, the domination that Jitaf had over Levante in terms of you know attempts on goal and stuff, I think, I think Jitaf were extremely extremely unlucky not to get the win, but that does mean Levante pick up a point. It does mean that they're seven now, seven points away from their nearest rivals, which are both Royce Deportivo and Sevilla B on twenty points. So, uh, I do want to talk a bit about uh, goals of this week because Ivan Lopez, take a bow. But I think, you know what, it has to go to Fran Beltran of Rayo. Uh, I know it sounds like I'm being biased because I'm a Rayo fan. But if you think I'm biased, go and check out the goal because it was absolutely amazing. And I think, you know, it's it's a point of personal pride with me that I uh, that I had a chat with them before the season, like much before he became like he became like a part of this of the of the of the of the first team, he was still in the B team. He still hadn't gotten like he got like one call up, I think, and uh, like he wasn't in, exactly in the first team plans anytime soon. Uh, and it was still Rayo in La Liga where they didn't get relegated. Okay, I'm not going to talk about that more, but um, I, you know, I I I'm pretty happy that. I got to I got to chat with him before he became like a thing. For the pat on the back for me there, but uh, apart from that, his goal was amazing. It he, he it was I think a good 35 40 yards and he just smashed it and the goalkeeper had no chance. Uh it's a shame Rayo lost, but that goal was amazing.
Yes, about blogs. So, uh, you may have noticed that in midweek I released a blog about uh, Figueres and about their uh, crazy uh, owner. So, like the blog is called Crazy Capitalist. What I'm going to do is every uh, weekend, obviously, there'll be the Segunda File blog, but also every midweek I'll have another blog. So, it'll either be uh, something about... Uh, you know, the Segunda Bay that they're set up, or it will be about the Segunda. Actually, this week's blog is called Segunda Moments, and so that's it's a brand new launch, and uh, I'll be talking about Betis and uh, a bit more about the 2009-2010 season. Uh, it, it, was, it was a crazy final day, so I'm going to talk about that a bit more. It'll be, again, I like, I like to write these long-form articles, not articles, but like pieces, like 1,500, 1,400-word 1, pieces, uh, because like you know, you're not then shackled by saying yeah, just 600 words is enough. It's it's nice to have these long form posts as well. Uh, but yeah, do look out for that. I did promise a long time ago about you know the logo blogs and stuff, and I haven't really come out with them. They will also come out in the near future. Uh, I'm I just want to work on one thing at a time and get it right. So this this midweek, watch out for uh, the Segunda Moments blog, which uh, Segunda File Three. It'll talk more about Girona and about Numancia. Also, uh, do check out the other segments, the Unprofessional, which has so much good news. Uh, more about women's football, more about Segunda Bay, more about Tercera, more about uh, just some crazy things that have happened. It's This this week's Unprofessional is going to be amazing. Red and Bold, uh, I'm, I'm not going to give too much away, but Rio won their first game... Uh, not their first game, but they they won a game for once. I'm talking about the women's team here. Won their second game in like eight games, which is it, it doesn't sound really good, but the fact that Rio actually uh so do check those out. And apart from that, there's nothing less for me to say. Uh, I shall see you in the next segment. And if you've already checked out the next segments, I will see you next week.